Yeah, it's great to be with you. Uh, my name is Glenn, if you are visiting. I think we do have a few visitors, which is great. One of the pastor's elders here. Really wonderful to be with you on this particular morning. We are doing things a little differently today than we would normally do, which is why I interrupted Rudy to release the kids, because the school teachers, the Sunday school teachers, are only going to have a limited time with them today, because we're going to be bringing them all back down soon right? It'll be kind of interesting. Just a couple of quick things before we dive in this morning. Number one, if you are visiting or you've been here for a while and you haven't signed up for our e-newsletter, info cards are at the back. You just give us your email address, put it in the offering jar. We'll start sending you our e-newsletter on Fridays and that way you can get up to date on everything that's going on here, which is a lot. Uh, The other is is that uh, later after the service, we are welcoming you all to stay. Okay, uh, We're going to be rearranging things downstairs here, but we already have tables set up upstairs, and we're going to have a luncheon together. We're going to have sandwiches and veggies and other stuff that uh, Janice and others have been preparing for us for today, so please stick around for that. We'll let you know more about that at the end, but we're also going to have these little sheets on those tables, and they're called uh, Join a Servant Team Today. <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Okay, We'll get into that more in a little bit. Listen, if you have a Bible with you, We're going to be in one text primarily this morning. Uh, We will be looking at a few others, but and and a lot of this is going to be for those of you who are what we would call rocksters. People just love it when I use that phrase. No, not so much, right? Uh, I get it. Um, Some of this might be on repeat for you, but I hope uh, as you will hear me speak about these things today, it's for a good reason. It's to remind us. It's to remind us. We're going to be in the book of Acts chapter 2. You can figure out where that might be. And uh, it's going to be, I hope, encouraging to you. Now, before I dive into what I wanted to share with you this morning, just briefly before we have some of our ministry team leaders giving a little presentation for you this morning, I wanted to introduce for the first time at the Rock Church this morning, little Esther Jersey Johnson. She's right back there. You could give her a hand. (laughs) I don't know, like three weeks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michaela's going, uh, yeah, no sleep, three weeks, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, congrats again, guys. Uh, we finally did get her picture up last week. I don't know if you saw that, but we did get her picture up. Okay, didn't want to forget that. So listen, um, as you see on the screen, this is our fall launch Sunday. And um, as I was thinking about it and actually looking forward to it for the last several weeks, this is the first time we've been able to do this in four years. And of course, the last three years, we had some COVID issues, but even before that, we had some situations in our church where we just couldn't do it on, a, on the first Sunday after Labor Day as a church. And it, it's always been a tradition here. It's a good thing just to get back in. And as I was, we were praying upstairs this morning, I was talking with the team, we're praying out loud, actually, that our Heavenly Father is a God of seasons. I mean, the way he created the planet and the universe is such a, in such a way that there are seasons. And of course, where we live, we get all four of them, right? Which is really exciting, isn't it? Okay, you people who would prefer to live in Palm Springs, maybe not. Um, but it is. It's wonderful. But there's also seasons in life, and there's seasons in the church. And some people were like, well, there shouldn't be seasons in the church. We should be all... Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm a pastor. I agree. Why are you going away in the summer? You know? But there are. There are, and there are some good reasons for that. There really are. So we're, we're, we're getting to celebrate that today. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to go back with you. I, I wanted to remind us as we're launching into this new season, because I, I feel 
man, coming out of what we've been coming out of, and as your pastor, and as a pastor who talks to a lot of other pastors, including the man who was speaking yesterday at Ingrid's Celebration of Life, because he asked me, how's it going for you? It's been a challenging season. So I just want to remind us one more time who we are as a church and why. (laughs) Why in the world are we doing this on Sundays and throughout the week? And I also hope through that that we will um, get a better idea of what the mission and the vision is, not just of the rock, but of the church that Jesus Christ himself promised to build. Amen? That's what we did actually... On September 27th, 2009, this church, the Rock Church, was launched here in Squamish. So that's 13 years ago almost. And I, and I remember at the time, it's, it's really been an incredible journey. But we began by simply asking a few simple questions. It's a, one of the beauties of planting a church. You're not coming into an existing church. You, 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 can, you can start fresh, right? Including with new people, right? Which, okay. And that's good too. But you can start fresh. And so I, yeah, like I've been part of churches like all of you have in the past, and some churches where, quote, the liturgy or the, the services and programs of the church were great. And in others, it was like, mm. and so we, we could just carbon copy. We could just say, well, that's what we did there, and that was good, and maybe that wasn't so good, but we did that over there, and so we could just, we didn't want to start that way. And to those of you who know my background, I won't mention what it was, but uh, that's not normal for me. I like to have a plan. Right? And go in. And so we prayerfully, before we came here for two years, started praying about what should it look like? I'm reading scripture. And then we did that as a church. When Janice and I and our two youngest sons moved here, we didn't have a name yet for this church. You might think, well, come on. Based on your ex profession and that big thing across the highway over there, the name was a, a no brainer, right? No, we, we didn't have a name. We actually were promoting ourselves as Squamish Now. That was the website that I put up and we had up to get people to pray for us. So the name took a while. It really did. It wasn't just a slam dunk. But then we we looked at Scripture. And as we were looking at Scripture and at the the point where Jesus himself says what he said, we we were looking at it and it it became a no-brainer. And you guys know the story in Matthew 16 where Jesus asks his disciples, who do people say that I am? That's a really good question, right? And so they started naming, you know, various prophets and things like that. And then Jesus personalizes it, looks them right in the eye and says, yeah, but who do you say that I am? That's the important question. And of course, Peter, he gets things right once in a while. He steps up and goes, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And even he's kind of going, wow, did I just say that? Because that's an amazing profession of faith and truth. And Jesus replied to him and said this, and you are Peter. (laughs) His name Petros in the Greek means little rock. And then Jesus said, upon this rock, your testimony of faith in who I really am, I will build my church. Slam dunk. (laughs) We're the rock. That's really how it came about. It really did. And, and uh, we prayed about it. We thought about it. And we moved forward. And, and we take Jesus from that day to this time really seriously. I, I, I have to be honest. I'm not feigning humility when I say this to you. But I'm really grateful that Jesus said, I will build my church. Glenn, it's not up to you. 
or you, or even us. It's, he's building his church, amen? And, and, and he also said, Glenn, it's not your church, it's my church. And the rock is part of my bigger church. So that's how we began. And so from there, we wanted to know a couple things. It was really important at that point. Okay, good, we've got a name. We've got the basis. Now what do we do, right? How are we going to gather? What's it going to look like? And of course, the next question that came to our mind was, what's the mission? What's the mission? Every organism or organization has to have a mission. And again, some of you might be going, well, that was pretty simple, Glenn. Well, and again, we, we were looking at Scripture, praying about it, asking ourselves, where, where is it explicitly given to us, right? But secondly, we also wanted to know, well, how did it all begin? And what could we learn from how it all began? Like, what about it was a pattern that Jesus established when he said, I will build my church? Because we wanted to pattern the rock after that, not after my ideas or... Your ideas, you wouldn't believe it. Like after we launched, we had, I don't know, 30, 35, 40 people, adults and and people from all different denominations. And we had one of our first meetings and people were like, well, I'll tell you what I think we should do. And it was like, it was fun. Okay, not so much. No, it was great. People had ideas. But we had, again, one of the things that's really important is just as a church, as any organization, or I prefer as a church, an organism, we need to get people on the same page. Well, that's what Jesus did. He did that. And again, you all know the famous verses um, that Jesus gave to his disciples, the word that he gave to his disciples, which is the mission of his church. Before he ascended, he said these words to them. You know them. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always. I'm not leaving, really. To the end of the age, I'll be with you. So yeah, look, we, we all know this text. You've, you've heard it. If you've been at the Rock, you've heard it every year, pretty much. And we talk about it, and you've heard it elsewhere, and you've read it, and you've probably reflected on yourselves. But we looked at it back in that time, and that's why I want to refocus on this again today. And we saw some things we hadn't seen before, or maybe as succinctly as we did at that time. And it was important. And so, obviously, the first thing is this. The the mission is to what? Make disciples. That's obvious, right? It's right there. You don't need a preacher. It's like, you can figure that out. We can all figure that out. But what we discovered is this. It's really important. It doesn't say, go and make converts. Does it? Again, in my life, in churches, that seemed to be what what it was all about, right? It was like, like, we need to teach you evangelism 101, and you need to go out and get someone to pray to accept Jesus, and then, yeah, welcome them to church, but your job's done. And I used to hear that and go, okay, that's, that's, I can sign up for that. That's pretty easy. Well, maybe not. Sharing your faith is challenging for some of us. But it's not about making converts. So that's why we then started using this phrase. The phrase being, make disciples who make disciples. Oh, that changes the picture a little bit, doesn't it? And it did, and it has. And I want to encourage you that that's really important for us to see that today. And so the overarching mission of the church is discipleship. When you think about it, 
And again, I've been in churches, I'm sure most of you have, and I know there are maybe people even today in our church who are like, you know, we need to have a Discipleship 101 course or a program. And I'm like, okay, that's not a bad idea. But I hope to show you today, just in my words that I will give to you this morning, but also in the presentations we're going to make to you today, discipleship is embedded in the very mission and DNA of the church. Everything that we do at the Rock Church or should be doing at the Rock Church is about discipling you and you discipling others. So everything's a discipleship program. I hope you will see that. So we also discovered in these verses something really, really amazing. And that is we discovered our identity as Christians who are part of the church. Another thing that we like to say, and we've been saying it for 12, 13 years, is the church is not a building place or an event. We are the church. You are the church. You're part of it. You're really needed here to be part of it. And so what we learned is, is that right here embedded in this naming ceremony, this baptism ceremony, it's a naming ceremony, we are being given our new identities. The first identity we're being given is we're being baptized into the name of the Father. What's our identity? Family. We become children of our Heavenly Father, and He brings us into this family, His family, His eternal family. It's different than your nuclear family, which is also really important. I get it. But this is his family. And so you've been given this new identity as a family and as a child of God. Secondly, we are, well, baptized in the name of Jesus, the Son of God. And, and who is Jesus? Well, he is our king. And, and well, if, if he's king, who are we? Well, we're servants. And we've learned over the years through the Scripture that as servants of King Jesus, we serve others. And it begins right here, in the family. And then we're baptized into the name of the Holy Spirit. And that becomes, we are missionaries. The Father and the Son are giving us the Holy Spirit and sending us in the power of the Holy Spirit to be, every single one of us, missionaries. So again, that's why we use the, the, the tagline all the time. We are a family of missionary servants. And that's our identity. And I want to encourage you today that, that own it. <laughs> own it. It'll make a huge difference. Here, listen, in your life, yeah, but in all of our lives and in the mission and vision that we have that I believe Jesus has given to us as the church here in Squamish. And so we formalized this over the years. Originally, um, we came up with just the first line there, which is, oh, both are up, um, we came up with just for the first two or three years that our, our mission was to make Jesus known. That, that's the only thing that we put out there. We didn't put anything else out there for three years. Like, what's the mission of the Rock Church? To make Jesus known. And, and, and we kept emphasizing that and emphasizing that through every message, through everything we did, was that it was about us sharing not, you know, just our, our personal testimony in our lives and the story of, like, you know, no, Jesus, who he is what he did for me and for you and what he wants to do for you, whoever it is you're sharing with. But then over the years, we have extended it to be this. We exist, therefore, to make disciples who make disciples. There it is again. By, how do we do that? By proclaiming 
the gospel of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and gathering these disciples who we share with into the church where they might grow in their faith and walk with Jesus. And so what do you see right there? I see discipleship. I see the sharing of the gospel, the planting of seeds, but then I also see tending, watering, growing disciples. That's our job. That's our responsibility. That's the call that Christ has on our lives, and that's why he died for us. We can be forgiven. We are forgiven by his sacrificial death on the cross in our place and for our sins. Why? So that we will go and share that good news with everybody else because he wants them to join him as well. So having established that, we were led to the book of Acts and the day when the Holy Spirit came upon, of course, the apostles. You all know that in Acts chapter 2 on the disciples. About 120 of them were still around at that time following Jesus, which is amazing, isn't it? That's about the size of our church. After three and a half years of Jesus preaching, I feel better. Um, But they were there. Holy Spirit comes on them with power. Peter, the guy who denied Jesus three times, preaches this amazing sermon. Men and women who are there, um, mostly Jewish people who are there for the past, they're cut to the heart by the gospel. They plead with Peter, what shall we do? And Peter says, repent. Repent. And be baptized. That day, at that very moment, three to 5,000 people accepted that invitation. And the church was born. It was an outstanding event. I just can't imagine what it was like. So early on in the life of our church, this passage, along with the patterns of the early church established in Acts, they became the primary guide to how we will gather on Sunday and how we will function and operate as a church. In our uh, membership class manual, we we call what I'm going to put up on screen for you the three simple things that we call all of you, every Christian who calls the Rock Church their home, we call you to these, these things. And again, why? To disciple you and so that you will disciple others. Those three things are, first of all, hello, look, they're all coming up at once, but that's okay. I wanted to just, never mind. Number one, faithfully attend Sunday gatherings. Now, some of you are like, "Uh uh-huh, sure, okay, yeah. So again, listen, um, when I talk to other pastors today, it started about 15, 20 years ago where people who would come uh, three or four Sundays per month, so in other words, we're talking not just faithful, we're talking like really faithful, started slipping back to two to three. And then one to two. And uh, I think every pastor worth his salt would say this to you. It's at the same time that we've seen such a a slide in people's faith. We've seen so much difficulty in people's personal lives and in their marriages and in other ways. So I just want to encourage you, when, when I use the word faithfully, I don't mean every Sunday, okay? Like people look at that and go, oh, he's really faithfully. There are Sundays where you can't make it. There are people who texted me today who were going to help and serve here this morning who got sick. And, of course, we don't want them here. (laughs) So they're not here, but they're faithful. The reason why we call you to that is so that you will grow. But also, listen, you need to be here 
to have others use their gifts and their talents and their abilities to serve you and love you and disciple you, where you will develop your relationships with them. Then secondly, we, we call everyone to faithfully attend a missional community group. And then thirdly, we f- f- call everyone to faithfully give and serve in the church. So I want to walk you through these verses in Acts 2, 42 to 47 really briefly just to show you how that actual pattern is established in the church that was born on the day of Pentecost. And we're basically looking at the first week in summary in these verses. The first verse you'll see is verse 42, and it says this. And they devoted themselves right after the baptisms, right? Right after all of Jerusalem's uh, fountains were full of people being baptized and everyone else in Jerusalem is going, what in the world is going on here? It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So in this one really simple and succinct verse, we see, quite frankly, the pattern for the local church. Now, sadly, listen, I'm not criticizing anybody else. I'm not. But we looked at that and we were like, well, man, that's pretty simple. Couldn't we just jazz it up a little bit? (laughs) Like, I don't see worship in there. Worship's great. Worship is good. But this is the pattern. I think it's unfortunate when people don't see that. The key word that I I want us to look at here this morning as we unpack these verses is one word, devotion. This word in in the original language is like this was the thing they gave themselves to more than anything else in life. This is full heart devotion. And then it also says it's personal. They devoted themselves to, to what? Coming and just going through some, like checking some boxes and going through some acts? No, to each other. It, it's about showing up for one another. Not just to hear a message that you hope is going to be decent or really, really good worship for each other. And so they gathered for the preaching of the word, which was the New Testament teaching of the apostles, which would have been just verbal in those days. The apostles that knew Jesus, walked with him, are just talking. Nothing's written yet. They're just talking about him. And they're sharing everything that they know that they remember of seeing. He just died, was buried, rose from the dead, and ascended. This is fresh. This is incredibly fresh. Also the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayer. So the balance of the New Testament, what we see happening is they gathered together when? On the first day of the week. When is that? It's Sunday. And what did they do? This. This was their perpetual pattern. They gathered together on the first day of the week to what? To break bread. And they continued in this pattern. So every Lord's Day Sunday, they were devoted to these practices and each other. And I want to suggest to you again, this is Discipleship 101. That's what we're doing here on a Sunday. We're not performing. We're we're not just trying to give you something to receive and you can go home feeling a warm... No, this is discipleship. It's really necessary. And it's the result of showing up for one another. And so what was the result in those days of that kind of devotion? This. It says, and awe. 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 It's a very powerful word. This is just like the most powerful experience you could possibly experience better than any worship gathering you've ever been to. 
it became upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And so look, this, this is what happened as a result of the faithful gathering of the church. And so look, I, I get, again, I know, our three boys are grown. Thank you, Lord. And they're out of the home, right? And I know, just getting here on a Sunday morning, let alone with an infant or like four or five others, like, oh, man. And there's lots of Sundays where it's like, honey, let's just stay home. I get it. Come on. There's no guilt trip here. But it's, again, it's like, I also know in the days where I wasn't that faithful to that, and my wife was, when we decided as a family that no, 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 no. <laughs> doesn't matter. Unless we're sick. Like, we just got to be there. We've got to be. That, that, that changed a lot in our family and in our marriage. It changed a lot. The passage goes on, and it tells us this. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belonging and distributing the needs to all as any had need. Oh, hold on. What, what, that, what does that sound like to you? I've heard some people call that, that's socialism. No. No, it's generosity. It's generosity. It's love. It's the natural response. If, if your children and you've got it come to you and you need it, you give it to them. <laughs> this is an incredible thing that we see. All who believe. So the church is first and foremost for those who believe. Yes, those who do not believe are welcome here. But first and foremost, why we gather what we do is to disciple one another. It's for all those who believe. When you read the words here, had all things in common, in common is the Greek word koinonia. Many of you have heard that word. It's the same words that's used in verse 42 for the word fellowship. So again, fellowship is not great coffee and chit-chat time. <laughs> that's not fellowship. Fellowship is sharing all things in common, which includes, yes, giving. It includes giving. So this too, might I add, is discipleship. And then this is beautiful. Verses 46 to 47, I love these words. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. In our context as the Rock Church, this is what we do in our missional community groups. That's why we gather in missional community groups. Why? Because this is so awesome, right? No, because we need to be together. We need to be family. And so as I'll share with you later about our missional community groups, that's one of the objectives of us having meals together with the kids. And it's chaos, but it's awesome. And so that's, again, friends, that's discipleship. That's showing up for each other. They, they were so excited to be together already on the first day of the week that they were like, we've got to do this again. <laughs> and and let, let's do this tomorrow, day by day, in their homes. It's beautiful. And the result of all this is incredible. This is why it's worth it. What is said next. And the Lord... Look at this. The Lord, who's he? Jesus Christ, 
added to their number day by day those who were being saved. That's an important phrase. That doesn't mean people who were coming to faith first time, justification by faith, and being justified in that week. It's those who are being sanctified, being saved. You're still being saved today, by the way. You were saved by the blood of Christ and justified, but you're being sanctified in your life. How does that happen? Discipleship. Jesus does the adding, right? Goes back to what he said before. I will build my church, Glenn. Don't worry about it. Just do your part. Interesting, though, he, his adding comes out of us passionately being on mission with him. Right? That's how he does it and why he does it. So that was an incredible, incredible week. Amen? That's how it started. But if you read the book of Acts, it's just... For, for the next, the book of Acts covers approximately 25 to 28 years, and it just keeps going, planting churches. More churches are growing. And even amidst persecutions and, and oppression, far beyond anything we've ever experienced, they keep growing and they keep doing this. And they keep being noticed by the culture as like, you guys are just weird, right? They were. Their love for one another was, was contagious. It was visible. And that can only happen if they're together. So finally, on the subject of discipleship this morning, let me quote to you what I personally believe is my job description. Okay, as your pastor, as one of the elders here, and I believe every one of the other elders believes it's their job description, and every ministry team leader believes it's theirs as well. I think it should be yours, too. But it's certainly mine. In Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 13, we read Paul saying that Jesus himself is the one who gives gifted men and women to the church. And and he says that they will be apostles, small a, they will be prophets, small p, evangelists, shepherds, teachers. We see that to be people who have an apostolic gifting. There's no capital A apostles today. Let me be really clear. But an apostolic gifting is someone who maybe plants, who initiates a new ministry, gets things going. A small p prophet is someone who just gets up and boldly proclaims the word of God and calls people back to it and says, that's not right, this is. That's prophetic. Anybody know anybody like that? You should. If you stick around this church, you're going to meet some of them. And then, of course, there's the evangelistic type and the shepherds and teachers. And then look at this. Here's my job description. Anyone who's in leadership, it says this. To what? Oops, back. To equip who? You. And me. Others are ministering to me and to you. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, womanhood, same word, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Wow. That's why we're doing this. That is discipleship. I want to share one thing with you before I close my time here this morning, or this part of my time. Uh, Last November, almost a year ago now, I got invited. I was honored to be invited uh, uh, as one of 50 ministry leaders uh, across Canada to a conference, first ever conference in Whistler called Churches Together. I'll put the graphic up for you. Um, the purpose of this meeting, this conference, was many ministry leaders and pastors from across Canada who were mostly part of church planting, but also church multiplication, um, 
were really passionate about the fact that what they've been seeing over the last 15 years, 20 years through uh, church planting and, and church multiplication were some struggles. And one of those struggles was what is termed tribalism. <laughs> it's where this denomination doesn't really want to work with that denomination and this church doesn't want to work with that church. And many of these pastors, like myself, who've moved into a new community to plant a church are like, well, that's not a good thing. Because <laughs> it's not. Jesus prayed to his heavenly father in John 17 that we would be one. Right? Why? So the kingdom of God would expand. And so I went to this conference and, oh man, I got to tell you, I came home as one of those ones where you come home. I, I was just like, I, I, was, I, was, I was vibrating with excitement because everything I heard resonated in my heart. I've been trying for 11, 12 years in this community to be part of unifying with other pastors and churches in this community. Nothing against, I haven't been very helpful at times, okay, on that cause, but others too. There, there's just been a real parochial um, you know, well, we do things this way here, and well, I don't know if I can work with you because of what you believe over there, and on and on and on it goes. And so that was heavy on my heart. I came back from that. We have a little ministerial where actually only three of us get together as past, pastors in town with our associates, so that's five men in total. And I shared this in, in February, March last year, and I was like, guys, come on. I handed out the book, you know, that Neil Powell in England wrote about this whole Churches Together thing. And I was like, you know me, you can see me right now. I got excited. And some of them were looking at me like, tone it down, Glenn. No, actually not. They, these are godly men. And they, they, they took a few things on the chin. They dealt a few blows back. And we just prayed about it. Well, all summer it's been just... It's, so I went to um, one of the men who started this up, uh, Mark Birch in, in Abbotsford, uh, at Northview Church, our big sister church, and said, look, you know, because it kind of got put on hold because... Well, Tim Keller, C to C, uh, pardon me, Redeemer City to City in New York was supposed to come and speak at our conference. He's very ill with cancer. He couldn't come. Anyway, so I just said to Mark, listen, would you free me up to uh, promote churches together as a catalyzer in the Sea to Sky region? And there's other reasons why I wanted to do that. Our church in Whistler, uh, uh, their pastor, this is his last Sunday today up there. And so they have a brand new, gorgeous, beautiful building. Uh, They do not have a pastor. It's going to be a real struggle for them to get a pastor for a number of reasons. And I I can explain that to you another time. Um, He emailed me several times last year going, I got no worship people for the next two weeks. Can you help me? And then I'd look at our schedule and go, John, I can't. So there's a need there, but there's also a need in Pemberton. The big need for us is right here. So I just, want to, I just want to tell you this this morning, that I am so encouraged, and we're going to show you this as we get together and the ministry team leaders come up and do some presentations for you now, but I've been praying about it all summer. I reached out to some of the men locally in the last three, four weeks, and I was like, so what do you think of this? And, and all of a sudden, it's like it's the Holy Spirit, right? Two other churches in particular just said to me, yeah, Glenn, there's no question, we have to do this. And so we're doing this. Do you want to partner with us on that? And I was like, sure. <laughs> and then the other, well, we're doing this, and would you like to partner with us on that? And I'm like, absolutely. And then I said, but, you know, we're doing some things too. And they went, yes, yes, we know. We'll partner with The Rock too, right? And it, honestly, I just want to share that with you to encourage you. This is what's needed. If, if we are going to fulfill the mission and the vision that God has given to us. And I just have a, a vision. We're, we're revisioning right now what we're going to do with this building Monday to Saturday. And so there's lots to go in there. But 
we're going to be re- redoing our vision as a result of that. But I want to give you one thing that just as a thought that I'll leave you with this morning, and that is this, that maybe our vision could be this, that we live out our mission in such a way that every man, woman, and child in our community, in Squamish to start with, might have a daily encounter with Jesus through one of his disciples. Now, I think that's a pretty grand vision, don't you? It won't happen just through the rock. It's going to take churches together. So I want you to pray with me before I introduce our first ministry team speaker this morning to that end, okay? Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. I thank you for the men and women here this morning uh, faithfully coming here to, yeah, gather with their brothers and sisters in Christ to worship you in song, to hear your word opened up and proclaimed and to love one another and to serve one another. So, Lord, I, I pray that you would really help us today, all of us, to not, not, be, in, not be inspired by me, but in, to truly be inspired by you, Lord Jesus. This incredible church that you've given to us, this incredible call that you've given to us in this community, Lord, would you, would you fan a flame in our hearts here at The Rock, at Grace Church on 99, at Squamish Baptist, at Avant Life, at the river, at whatever other church truthfully and faithfully proclaims you as Lord. Lord, you say the harvest is white. Oh, Lord, that we might reap a harvest in this next season. And so, Lord, I pray these things in your worthy name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to invite our first speaker up this morning. Her name is Anna Davies. Uh, We happen to be related. That's not why she's first. Uh, Anna is going to share something with us uh, about the ministry that she's leading in our church. And we thought we'd start at the front door when people come in. Oh, look, she's holding somebody. Is she sleeping? (laughs) Uh, Is this mic on? Hello? Jeff? Is it on? Thank you. Anna is going to speak to you about this. Um, Here we are. Our Connect and Cafe team. Over to you, Anna. Uh, Good morning, everyone. Um, As Glenn said, I am in charge of the Cafe and Connect team. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's, yeah, the people at the front door who greet you with obnoxious questions about how your week was and things like that and uh, provide coffees, tea, baked goods, that kind of thing. Um, And on one hand, that may seem just insanely practical and kind of not really like a big deal. It actually... It's a huge part of my heart because I feel like um, that kind of thing is we get to be the first faces that people see when they walk in and we get to greet them and make them feel seen and valued and kind of loved on in that way and make them feel a little bit like they're at, they're at home and they can be comfortable here. Um, yeah, so it might just seem like muffins and coffee, but it's to, I feel like it's a lot more that we get to, um, yeah, we get to make people feel at home and safe, and, um, and welcomed, and yeah, like they, like they have a place to belong, um, and sometimes whenever they first walk in, they, there's a very small window whether people decide if they're going to come back or not, um, and so I feel like that's important that we get to be the, the smiles, like the feet and hands of Jesus in that very insanely practical way, but also just assuring them, um, whether it be brothers and sisters in Christ that we 
know, whether it be strangers off the street, whoever it is that they that they feel welcome and that they feel at home here. Um, yeah, that's really, I feel like that's really important. Um, and there's different ways to get involved in this kind of thing. If you want to be the person at the front who's doing the, the greeting and the obnoxious questions, um, there's that, or there's if you don't want to do that, but you also feel called to help prepare, then there's always, you can just make coffee, you can bring baked goods, there's behind the scenes work that also happens. Um, yeah, and so it's, I mean, it's pretty simple, but I think it's also very important, and if that's something that you are interested in, uh, just talk to me afterwards, fill out a little sheet, I think Glenn said he will have, right? There's a sheet, and you can check that box. Um, yeah, if you have any questions about it, or want to know about, yeah, hospitality and whatever, just ask me. But yeah, I think that's it. Thank you very much. Um, is Rudy here? I don't see Rudy downstairs. <laughs> could, could somebody run upstairs and, and grab him? Because he's supposed to be next. Um, yeah, thank you, Anna, very much. Uh, if, I, if I can just add to that. Um, see, we started the, the cafe, the Connect team, like from day one. And, and the whole idea was, it was like, first of all, make sure we don't have bad coffee. That's really, really important. right? But secondly is, is uh, to, to be to be extravagant in the way that we serve each other. And so, yeah, thanks, Anna, for leading that up and uh, being part of that. Next up is Rudy Meister, right, right here. And Rudy's going to talk to us. Sorry, I thought it was going to be really good, man. Yeah, no problem. I'm all over this morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good morning, everyone. So um, just a quick story about uh, my journey with being a worship leader. Um, in South Africa... Right about uh, at the age of 23, this was now 2006, that's when I, uh, that I look back on that I got saved um, and gave my whole life to Jesus, follow him. Uh, started this journey of, you know, being in the church, um, gathering with believers. And then Jean and I were at a church in 2008. Um, where for the very first time I started getting involved with music ministry. And at that stage, um, it was like I, I was barely able to play guitar. The first time that they put me on stage uh, to play with a worship band, um, I couldn't hear myself. I was really struggling through the worship set to hear my playing of guitar. And afterwards, I realized they muted me because I was that bad. Um, and then, but it, it started with a journey of... Uh, just having a desire that God has placed in my heart, like I've always loved music, and then started to get involved, being invited in to play and worship with the guys first at practices, you know, for a number of of weeks uh, until they would say, okay, yeah, we, we think you're ready uh, to be on stage. And then we moved to Canada in 2011, and we arrived at a very small church in Williams Lake, and it was apparent there was a huge need um, and, and then we jumped in. I jumped in. And as I stepped down in faith, God was growing me more and more in worship ministry. And, uh, yeah, and just, just leading me in that, helping me to become a better musician, better leader. Um, but overall, I could testify about God's goodness and faithfulness in, in leading me as I stepped out in faith and trusted that in that position, he wanted me to help build up the church. And, and so the, the worship ministry... Is actually, a, it's the music ministry. We know that worship is everything that we do here together. Uh, it, worship is every day. Music is part of our liturgy. And um, I believe that God has given 
as people here that, that sit here, you have a desire to be part of the music ministry, and uh, you've got a talent. Um, or it, it might even be that you've just started slowly but surely picking up an instrument, and, and, I, and I share my testimony of that to say that, yes, come and join us. It's an invitation uh, at the start of the fall, again, to join in with us. Our worship practices or music practice uh, is normally on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. till 9 p.m. And our desire is that that practices uh, or rehearsals will really, yeah, grow us, grow us together as God's people. And, and as we are uh, confessing our sins to one another in those uh, times as well, that that is kind of like functioning as a very tight-knit group. And so I'm very thankful that in this time that I've been here that uh, we have a, a group of a core group of faithful musicians and people that have given their their time and effort and and uh, everything to this ministry. So I want to make an open invitation to say, if you are interested in that part of of ministry and, and gathering together and bringing your your talents uh, for God to use to build up the church, please come and talk to me afterwards or fill it in on that on that uh, sheet. Uh, we are currently in need of uh, extra bass players, uh, as well as people that are willing to learn uh, audio and visual. That's part of the worship ministry or the music ministry. Um, so, yeah, and uh, it's a very fulfilling ministry, but of course it, it does come with that, um, yeah, that expectation of wanting to come to serve and having a, a willingness and openness and a humility to learn, uh, first and foremost. Um, so, yeah. That's it from me. Uh, actually not. You were also going to share the Oh, was I? One sorry. thing that is on your heart about citywide? Oh, of course, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, another uh, so, desire of us and this has been for the the last 2 years during the pandemic, we have tried it as a music ministry to, you know, come up with a clear vision and a mission and goals and objectives. Uh, we have during the pandemic, it's been a kind of like a stop, start, stop, start on it. But uh, hopefully this fall and this coming year, we will see one of the, the great uh, desires of us is to see the church of Squamish come together to worship. Um, so um, a, a citywide worship event or time or periodically or quarterly, that's something that we're praying towards and hoping will happen here in the next year. So awesome. that's something to look forward to, too, and for you to pray into. Thanks, man. That's awesome. Uh, while Rudy goes upstairs to grab the Sunday school teachers and all the kids, chaos is going to ensue here, so hang on. Uh, I have two things that I want to present to you on behalf of the elders, so I'm not the only one in leadership in these areas. First is our missional community reboot camp, or reboot, which will actually be next Sunday. This week, the missional community group host homes and leaders will be meeting to just have a look at uh, our fall season curriculum, uh, what we want to do in discipleship through those those times um, with you. So just want to encourage you, be ready for that. Right now, if you go to our website, there are no missional community groups to join or sign up for yet. That's because there might be some changes or some additions, which would be great. So we'll announce that next Sunday, however. Oh, they're coming. Sure, you guys can, yeah, just one sec. <laughs> and because, uh, yeah, we're going to have two more presentations after my last one here. So missional community groups next week. This is, listen, we've said this before. This is the lifeblood of our church. This is how we get to know each other. This is how you, you uh, build good, godly relationships with other brothers and sisters and, and do two things. One, be discipled, woman to woman and man to man, not just on that night, but throughout the week. Build those relationships. And also, we call them missional for a reason. Every missional community group is commissioned uh, and require or commissioned to look around this community and find a place where they can go on mission 
to serve our community and bless our community. So that's something you'll want to look into and be part of. We, 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 we endeavor to see everyone at the Rock Church in a missional community group. My last announcement is about this. Foundations class is going to start uh, probably mid-October. It's going to be a 12-week class. This is something, again, we haven't done, had the opportunity to do this for a few years. We're going to be using Wayne Grudem's Christian Beliefs book, which is a, uh, a digest version of his tome of systematic theology. Really want to encourage you, if you're young in your faith, or it doesn't matter, if you've been a Christian for a long time and you need to refresh, or you want to come to also be able to help me and all those who are teaching be able to pour into the lives of those who have questions and are growing in the faith, we will be looking at subjects like this. Um, What is the Bible? Who is God? What is man? What is the Trinity? What is creation? And fun things like, what is sin, right? And what is the atonement? What is predestination and election. There's a fun one, okay? But we're going to look at those things, and we're going to discover in that what we do or should believe, okay? So foundations class. Okay, kids and and leaders, come on out. So first up is going to be... um, (laughs) Come on over here, kids. Woo! This is fun, right? Yeah, come on. You guys can come on in and sit down if you want. You, you can grab a seat. Miss Janice, the microphone's over there. Woo! Come on in, boys and girls. Well, as you can see, we have a burgeoning Sunday school class. Um, and it's so exciting to have these children with us. Um, I think the thing that I love most about Sunday school is that you get to see see um, what it's like to understand the glory of the gospel through the eyes of a little child. And um, the Lord told us, don't let, let the little children be held back from me, but give them, give them, <laughs> but give them to me so that, um, so that I can be their saviors too. And um, this is a tough time to have children. Uh, you know, I'm talking with some new moms and some wannabe moms, and, and it's scary to think about bringing a child into this world. But the Lord says, fear not, for I am with you, and I am the Lord your God. And if we can give the Lord our God to our children, then they're going to be able to handle whatever. And um, it says in Ecclesiastes that a three-corded um, rope is strong. And when you are teaching your children about the love of Jesus and living that in your homes, um, in, in, uh, and in Sunday school, they're getting that same story. And in their schools, they're, they're getting what they're getting, but you know, they're able to really think about um, truth and, and about um, you're going to have a much, a much healthier, stronger child. And so um, I just want to really encourage you to continue to bring your children to Sunday school. And I really want to encourage you to take your children to Awana um, because that is, like, so great for them. Churches together, right? Uh, churches together, sorry. And, um, and I really want to encourage you to help with um, our kids. There's a few uh, really dedicated servants that have, have been leading for a long, long time, and you guys know who you are. But um, we could sure use some extra teachers and helpers. It's super simple. It's a whole curriculum that you can download every week and maybe get slotted into a schedule for once or twice a month. 
um, and be a helper or be a teacher or be somebody that does check-in. There's so many jobs that you can do and participate in, and we would really love it um, if you would just come and participate with us. Thanks. Okay. Um, they can stay. Uh, oh, they can stay for a minute. Okay. Is that all right? Yep. Okay. Because I just want to introduce our next speaker. Because she, she's going to want to have all the kids down here around her, in front of her too. Can I get by you? <laughs> I'm sure she is. So yeah, um, the, Janice, uh, thank you, sweetie, for uh, that presentation. This, this is one of these, these Holy Spirit things, okay? Uh, um, David Corrente and the, the pastor of... Uh, Church on 99, which is now Grace Church 99, they started what was uh, an Awana program a couple of years ago for kids ages 4 to 12. And um, uh, they, they've now kind of uh, changed the curriculum a little bit to just bring it up, up to date, more contemporary, I guess. And so this is one of the ways where we want to we wanna work to it. It's a program that we're not doing. It's on Wednesday nights. It's really good. We've had families, I believe, from The Rock, but also uh, others from other churches are sending their kids there. So we want to encourage that as well to go there on Wednesday night, take the kids there. They're going to get taught the Bible really, really well. And uh, they're going to have fun. It's a fun thing as well for ages 4 to 12. Yeah. And so the last, last thing on Kids Rock is just that, look, again, one of the reasons why we want you as parents to serve and, and others is so that you can take this home with you. You can, you can learn how we're teaching your children here, and you, it'll vitally help you in the teaching of your children in your own home. Okay? So next up, we have today, uh, we have Allie. Come on up, Allie. It's going to be, microphone's right there. And yeah, this is pretty cool. I, I got to find my way to get out of here. Yeah, Allie, you're luck. up. Awesome. Yeah. So the next step after Kids Rock is we have been running since the second, I guess the fall, the first fall of the pandemic. I've been running an online, initially, pre-teens class. Um, it became, once we back in person, we transitioned to in-person teaching for our kids who are grades six to nine. Um, and one of the cool things we're doing as a church is we used to have a program called Elevation Youth. And it ran for five or six years, I think, uh, mostly under Lorraine's leadership. Uh, and it was our youth group. And for years, we haven't really had a need for it in the sense that we haven't had teenagers in our church. Um, and so one of the things we're excited to see is as these preteens are growing in their faith and growing um, just in their maturity, is we're going to rename our preteens class Elevation Youth um, with the vision of one day relaunching um, potentially a, a more consistent youth group in our own church. Um, and so that's another area that I would love to have more of you serve in. Um, admittedly, I have not heard a live, I've heard them, but I've not heard a live sermon in almost two years uh, because if I, if I can't teach... Or if I can't, if I can't teach, I'm not. It's because I'm away, and so otherwise I'm teaching every Sunday. So I'd love to have some of you partner with me in that. Uh, they're a great group. We're doing a cool new Bible project where we are reading daily or six days a week, and we're answering a couple of questions together. And then we're coming in and bringing our questions about Scripture, and we're bringing the things that we're learning about God and the things we're learning about ourselves, and we're having some really f cool discussions. Um, and so I'd encourage you guys if you want to talk to me more about that, or Glenn or Rudy, we'd be happy to chat with you as well. But the cool thing from that is. One of the other kind of awesome opportunities we have to partner with the other churches and work together is that we are taking our kids to Citywide Youth, um, which is run on Sunday evenings. Um, this is run through the Baptist Church, but there's some leaders from other churches as well. I go with a couple of the kids last year and hopefully more of the kids this year. Um, and I bring a few kids from a few other churches as well that I know. Um, and so there's usually anywhere from 15 to 35 teenagers. It's grades 7 to 12. Um, and again, it's really great teaching, really great discipleship, and also just great fellowship. Um, school is hard. 
And I think we all know that school is getting harder and harder for our Christian kids, uh, not easier. And so for them to have a community that they are a part of and they feel encouraged by and they can pray with and they can struggle through the challenges of high school together is so key. Um, so I would definitely encourage parents. This is a great opportunity for your kids, but also they're looking for leaders and they're looking for involvement or people to make snack or people to host a fun event or you know, less of a teaching and more of an amazing race style stuff. They're looking for volunteers and so happy to connect you with that as well. And that brings me to my other point of things for our youth. Uh, and this is the other ministry that I'm involved in. So I am the staff person in Squamish for Young Life. Um, and I have been since 2017. Uh, and we have an awesome group of both Wildlife, which is our junior high program for grades 7, 8, 9. And our Young Life senior high program is grade 10, 11, 12. Um, and we just get to hang out with these kids and share the gospel and share who Jesus is. Most of our kids are unchurched and don't have any kind of Christian influence in their world other than their Christian friends and their Christian leaders. And the thing I love about this organization is it's really, really relational. And so I spend a lot of time hanging out at Starbucks with teenagers or going to basketball games or watching hockey games or tutoring math or just living life with these kids and sharing Jesus in tangible ways. Um, And so one of the things I would encourage the parents at our church in is this is an awesome opportunity for your youth to see God work through them. It is not meant to replace a Christian youth group, and it's not meant to replace the church. But what it is is a really cool bridge from the school system into the church, because that divide is bigger than ever. Um, And so I would encourage our Christian teens to be bringing their non-Christian friends. It's a really, really approachable and fun and chill way to hear the gospel for the first time. And there's nothing cooler for a Christian teen than seeing one of their friends start to process faith and ask questions. And they will grow as they walk with their friends, and they'll grow as they see God work through them. Um, But this is another area that we need help. Uh, For years, I've been kind of the only really consistent leader for senior and junior high as a female, and I've had one male for each. Um, And I love kids, but there's 1,350 of them in the corridor, or in Squamish, sorry. Um, And that's a lot. And so I would encourage you guys, there are so many ways you can get involved. We're looking to relaunch our committee. So we need all roles from a committee chair to a treasurer to a account, like all roles. Um, we are running this weekend our big fundraiser where we're hoping to raise $30,000 at our grant or at our Fondo fundraiser. So that's on Saturday. If you're a biker or you know people who bike and we're still well ways off our goal there. And we also need leaders and we need people to love kids. Um, and you don't have to be 20. We've had leaders who are 65. We've had leaders who are 20 what? and they're all great. <laughs> we love them all. Um, honestly, there's one of my favorite stories is there's a woman on the Island in Port Alberni who's 68 years old and they call her grandma Joe. And she is a phenomenal leader, and she loves girls so well. Yeah. And I've seen so many kids come to Christ uh, through her, her ministry, and it's awesome. So I'm going to be hanging out after church, um, and I would love to chat with you more if you're interested. After church. After church. <laughs> He's excited. All right. Thank you. Where are we going? Excuse me, guys. Okay, so kids, what? I'm going to ask you with your uh, teachers to head back upstairs that way. Uh, well, they're going to go upstairs. <laughs> That's the plan. And, uh, and be rowdy. So I, I just want to, Rudy and the worship team are going to come and lead us uh, in one more song of worship. <laughs> and uh, you'll understand why we did that in just a second. Uh, just to leave you with this, uh, we have lots of Sunday teams that you can join. Rudy did mention that the audiovisual team uh, is uh, part of the worship team to a certain extent. But we also, as of last Friday, Mark Goulet has stepped up to lead that team. 
And that's awesome. So we have people who are doing our live stream today and also the videos that we put up of our sermons and services afterwards. Uh, Jeff and others are on the audio and the soundboard. We need new, more people helping out there as well. So listen, we're going to sing a song of worship. Uh, and then I'm going to ask you to stick around and we're going to have a few guys rearrange downstairs, put some tables out. We've got lunch. It's here. So stick around. We'll have the kids upstairs. We've got tables down here. We'll have a meal together and some fresh coffee and just hang out together, okay?